Thank you for joining Holy Spirit Living, the podcast that encourages and equips believers to live each moment intentionally to bring glory to God and build His kingdom. Hi everybody, it's Mandy here. And it's Joe, and we have a great topic for discussion today. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about the orphan spirit. Mm. And we're not just going to be talking about what the orphan spirit is, but we're also going to talk about how we can be liberated from it. How can we be set free from this orphan spirit or orphan mindset? Yeah. So thinking about what the orphan spirit is, we've noticed that there's a correlation sometimes between the orphan spirit and those people who, let's say moms that have been pregnant that either didn't want the child when they were pregnant or contemplated abortion. We don't realize what our unborn child realizes or feels even from the womb. There can be traumas that's received and rejection can be implanted even as early as the womb. So sometimes we will be born with this orphan spirit, not even realizing if we don't properly handle it, that mindset can continue to grow. And some of them roots is abandonment, just like you said, or rejection, right? Or lack of belonging. Well, that's exactly what the orphan spirit is. It is rejection. It is abandonment. It's uh, isolation. So all of those things explain what orphan spirit encapsulates. Yes. And people can have an orphan spirit even if they have a put-together family, right? We do see sometimes that people that have been adopted. Put into foster care. Right. Lost parents because of death. Yep. Right. Those types of things can be more prominent to have the orphan spirit, but that doesn't have to solely be the case. There can be people that literally have the orphan spirit that you're right. It looks like their life is so put together. How could they have the orphan spirit, but they do carry it? Yeah. It will manifest in emotional neglect, broken relationships, or feeling of isolation. Think about that. Somebody don't play with you on the playground. (laughs) Right. So I want to go into a little bit more of where this can come from. So obviously we know it can come from, like we just said, being adopted, being rejected. It can go back to a, a trauma from our childhood. Maybe somebody was mean to us or didn't want to be our friend anymore or maybe we felt like we wasn't fitting in with the cool kids in school those types of things can open the door to a lie yeah and then that lie is fed and it it continues to grow it becomes a mindset but the good thing is that we can have freedom right right And, and all we have to do is participate in what god says about us right and really dive into his word because think about that what we start to put roots in it starts to produce fruit Yes. And so if we put our roots in Christ, we start to produce fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Yes. But here we put our roots in that orphan mentality. What kind of fruit starts to bear? That's right. Yeah. That's right. What are the identifying characteristics of it? We know that a lot of times it contains a spirit of control. Yeah, that's because, a fruit that comes out of it. Yes, because of the fact that people have a fear of being rejected so they'll be self-sufficient they're afraid that they won't be viewed as accepted so they keep to themselves right and people with a orphan mindset or an orphan spirit also have a sensitivity to rejection like they're 
influenced so severely by rejection that even like a minor setback just confirms to them that they're not worthy. And it can be like overly, I I hate to use the word dramatized, but it can feel that way. And what that's from is we were talking at Valor Group on Thursday about vain imaginations. Yes. And we were talking about how sometimes we might imagine things. And Bill Johnson said one time that the spirit of offense will allow you to hear things that were never said. Mm. That's such a good word. And I feel like that that happens with an orphan spirit. Sometimes those little voices in your ear or in your mind telling you they don't want you. They don't want you around. It's all a lie, but when we take hold of it, it validates that for us. Like, if we're already feeling it, it validates it. And so it just makes the whole situation worse. Yeah. Yeah, And I think people with that orphan mindset or a crippling mindset, that's what that is. It's just a crippling mindset that doesn't let you live free in Christ. It's a self-focused mindset. It's self-centered. Because what it is... It's so draining on people. It is. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it can cause you to have very, very unhealthy relationships. Yes. But yet you desire relationships because you want to be accepted. And so it's self-sabotaging is what it is. Mm -hmm. Because they don't trust the people. Right. And then at the same time, they want to be accepted, but then they start to take hold of the lies that maybe somebody doesn't like them. Let me give you a for instance. I'll get a text from somebody I know that is dealing or struggling with an orphan spirit. Yeah. And this individual will text me like we could be at church and all of a sudden I'm busy. We're, we're there in the morning. We're getting things set up. We're rushing around and people want to take time out of our morning schedule and we just don't have it on Sunday morning. No. So if, if I'm intently focused on what I got to get done before I forget to get it done, maybe I just fail to go over and say good morning or shake a hand. This individual will begin to text me usually right after church. Do you not like me? Do you not want to be my friend? Why didn't you come and say hello to me? Why didn't you acknowledge me? Why didn't you want to hug me? Why did you do this? And it puts a real strain on relationships. It breaks my heart because I feel like, wow, they totally are falling hook, line, and sinker for the enemy's lies. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's evident. Yeah. And they're like drowning. Mm -hmm. And, And so they're trying so hard to get me to acknowledge them so that they're validated. Right. And uh, it's sad and it's heartbreaking at the same time because it's like if we don't get our identity rooted in God and Christ, we're going to be searching for people to validate us. Right. And that's what the orphan spirit does. Right. It causes us to go on this quest for validation through other people for our self-worth and our value. Yeah. And We can't live like that. It's so horrible. You could come from any background, Mm -hmm. whether adopted, abandoned, whatever the case is. You could come from, it it does not discriminate. Right. Here's all it needs. All it needs is for you to believe a lie. Yeah. And once you believe it, and if you're susceptible because of past trauma, the chances of you believing the lie it's trying to sell you on 
is going to increase. So you're more susceptible if you've had past trauma or you have been abandoned or you have been adopted or you've been in foster systems or things like that. You're more susceptible because you're more apt to believe the lie because the trauma is already there, but that's not always the case. I know personally several people that struggles with the spirit that want quality relationships. They, they search out people to talk to, to spend time with, but sooner or later, all those people end up running from them because they're exhausting them. Yes. Because they have to constantly validate their worth and it's exhausting because they're not God. Right. I don't have the power to validate everybody's self-worth. That's God's, that's his ability to do that. So it's sad. And so we do want to see people healthy. We want to see people whole and we want to see people in the right place. Right. It's crazy because you can even be a very successful person. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. You could be wealthy or successful in a lot of ways, but still have terrible relationships. Uh, Because the very thing that you want, you're repelling, which is acceptance. And the reason you're repelling it is because you're driving people away by believing the lie And then it ends up being the truth in some situations. Right. Not that people want to reject you or abandon or whatever, but they're exhausted. Right. I see a lot of golden people. Okay. (laughs) But sometimes it gets hard because I know that God created them for a, a purpose and there's something good in there. But if they're not even willing to see it and I got to continue to speak life into it, it makes it hard. Right. And so... For everybody out there, if you're dealing with the orphan spirit, we don't want to discourage you. There is freedom to it. Yeah. But we have to shed light on what the spirit, what the enemy's doing through this mindset, through this spirit, because of the fact that if it's not brought out into the light to where you can see what it is, it'll continue to plague you. The only way that you can be set free is the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to bring to you today. We want to bring you the truth. The truth is you are loved. The truth is you are accepted. Yes. And a lot of times we come into a relationship with God, or maybe we don't. We come into church and we say a sinner's prayer, and we think we're saved and life's all hunky-dory. But it takes going from the cross to resurrection, being resurrected in Christ, being new in Christ. And then from there walking out this new life with a transformed mindset. And I know your scripture is Romans 12 too. You love that being transformed, right? Mm -hmm. By the renewing of the mind. There's no greater need to renew your mind than from the orphan spirit. Yes. Amen. And if you've been dealing with that spirit, that mindset your whole life, when you come to Christ, it's time to lay that down. Yeah, It really is. It's time to surrender that because it's through surrendering that to God and participating with Holy Spirit that he can bring a transformed mindset. He can yes. bring a renewed, a new wineskin, so to speak. The first step to being set free is to be adopted. Yeah. In the, and yeah, to be adopted in the family of God, it's that divine adoption and embracing that. But see, what happens is a lot of times people 
like I said, they they come to the the cross, they'll repent. Yeah. They don't go beyond they that. Don't, they don't adopt it. And Romans eight fifteen says, "For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father." Yeah. Right. We're supposed to recognize through faith in Christ that we've been adopted into God's family <laughs> and having a loving father who cares deeply about us. That's part of transforming the way you think. That's renewing your mind. Yeah. Embracing your adoption. Yeah, absolutely. You are chosen. You've been adopted. The thing is, is recognizing that and knowing that truth. We know that God's love is not conditional. It's a gift that he's freely given to everybody that believes. And so you don't have to try to earn your worth through him. He's already given his life. He shed his blood, and he says you are worthy of his love. You're chosen. You're divinely adopted. And so that is the truth. So when you can embrace that truth, let go of that lie, drop it at the feet of Jesus. Yes. Pick up the truth that you are now divinely adopted. You are a son or a daughter of the one true king. That's where it begins because then we begin this relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord. Because it's not You start trusting his provisions, right? Right. It's not just Mm. about uh, a sinner's prayer and... I'm going to go to heaven one day. Right. No, we got to start getting in relationship with God here now because that's where we build this transformation through him working in us and through us to shape us and mold us and bring us to a new way of living because now we're not the same person. We're a new creation in Christ. We're a new creature. And a new creature is going to act differently. Guess what? You're not of the world anymore. You might live in it, but you're not of right, it. Right, right. And and people will fail us, right? right? I mean, think about it. We we will be failed, but if you're putting your trust into God and that he is the provider, right? Then then it should help you take refuge in his in his wings. Right, because here's another thing. If I'm walking around with an orphan spirit, I'm going to look to get my identity in the things I do. Yes. I'm going to get identity in if I'm a teacher. I'm going to get my identity in teaching. If I'm a pastor, I'm going to get my identity in being a pastor. Whatever the case is, you're going to get your identity in that if you're walking with an orphan spirit. If your identity is in anything but Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and as your Heavenly Father, then you're probably walking around with an orphan spirit. What happens then is when that job that you're working that you're so proud of fails or it falls out from under you, you feel like you don't have a purpose in life because you've been living to serve that, to Mm -hmm. validate yourself, to get your self-worth through that job title or through that thing you do instead of through God. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of people that take pride in things they do. Yeah, you should. You should. Here's where it becomes an orphan spirit is when your whole identity is wrapped up in something else besides God. And so that's when you're dealing with the orphan spirit and getting that broken off. And the only way to get that broke off is to get your identity in the right thing, which means God. So if you're experiencing this, if you're like, oh, this feels like me or somebody I know, how can I direct them? How can I help them? The The greatest thing is to direct them back to Jesus. Because here's what happened. They went to the cross. They repented. 
And then they walked away without inviting him in to bring transformation. And so we have to get into his word. We have to believe the truth. The truth is what sets us free. And then coming into agreement with that truth and begin to live differently, saying, God, who do you say I am? And we can find that in his word. When we get into his word, we can see who we are in him and how he loves us and how he looks to us as his children. Right. He's a father to the fatherless. And that's what the psalmist says in 68. He's the father to the fatherless. He's a God in his holy dwelling. And that's the thing is, you're right. It's like we got to be able to trust him. The psalmist also says in in chapter 27, verse 10, that even though my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Right. And so when we get our identity wrapped up in the Lord, we'll never be in a spot. Right. To where we have to think we're broken. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, it's so important that we receive a Holy Spirit because I think what happens is, again, going back to the repentance and being at the, at the cross, but not receiving his love. Mm-hmm. If we don't receive his love, we don't receive his spirit. Right. We have to be able to receive his spirit. I would go as far as to say that a lot of people with the orphan spirit have not received him. Right. They might have said a sinner's prayer, but in their heart. They didn't change the way they, they thought. Right. You know? Because here's the thing. There's going to be fruits of the spirit evident in your right. life. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying this to hurt anyone that's listening that might feel like maybe they're plague, plagued with this orphan spirit. But I'm just saying to you that a sinner's prayer is not going to get you to heaven. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, because even the demons believe, right? But you have to confess with your mouth, and you have to desire, you have to embrace and invite his love in. Yes. And when you do that, you receive his Holy Spirit. Yes. And his Holy Spirit is what takes you on this journey of transformation. And he empowers us with a spirit of sonship. And he replaces that spirit of sonship, removing that orphan spirit from us. Right, right. But we have to get into his presence to do that. And that comes through his intimacy with him. And seeking guidance and seeking support and seeking refuge in him to get our identity rooted in the right things and the truth of who he says we are and in who he is. Renewing your mind is actually taking and, and meditating on scriptures mm-hmm. that affirm your identity in Christ. Right. Re- renew your mind by that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because through that, we begin to cultivate a wonderful relationship with him where the fruits of the spirit are evident in our life. They're thriving and growing. Then instead of repelling people in relationships, mm-hmm. people desire, right? We have a light that, that brings people to us, right? People desire to be our friend. They desire to have that relationship with Amen. us. And that's a good place to be. We want that because then we're called to be witnesses of Christ. Yeah. As we go out to witness to people as, and to talk to people, then they're going to be drawn to us right. because we have Christ in us and he's attractive. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage everybody because when I said some have not received the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying all because I think some begin to walk in a new way. They begin to show fruit, but then sometimes they believe a lie right. and right back mm-hmm. they're in that orphan mindset. It, 
It's a familiar spirit, and it'll return quickly. Right. If, if it's not... It, cast gotta, it out. you got to get rid of that well, thing. you got to <laughs> Deliverance from that orphan spirit. Right? Amen. <laughs> it's, a, it's a matter of casting it out, but it's a matter of also doing maintenance. Yeah. It's like when we have a garden and we're growing lush vegetables and fruits and things like that, sometimes the weeds come in. Right. And if we don't take those weeds out quick, it can choke out. Our, right. our fruit and our vegetation. And the same thing happens in our spiritual walk and our spiritual life yeah. that it starts to choke out the good things. Right. A good garden takes some work, right? And I think wow. that we can get lazy in our spiritual walk by not maintaining it with the thoughts of Christ. But you're absolutely right. I think that we can be so far from God and not even realize it. We don't realize what we're doing because it's not about just going through the the motions of spiritual disciplines. It's about desiring to yeah. get to his presence, getting up in the morning, or maybe you pray in the evening, whatever it is. I pray both and throughout the day. Right. So, but let's say whatever time of day it is for you that it's your time with the Lord, making sure that you're desiring that. Mm-hmm. When you think about when you first fall in love and you meet that person and you want to be in their presence all the time, you can't wait to see them again. You can't wait to be there again. That's the relationship we should desire and have with God. Amen. And if we've if we've fallen away from that, we need to press in. Relationships take work. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes right. you're up until late at night working, and then you're back up in the morning, and you're going back at it again. But if you want to keep that relationship maintained, you've got to put in the effort. Yeah. And it's not from a place of works. It's from a place of wanting to be in the presence of divine peace and love. Amen. Amen. And restoration. It's good for our soul. It's a symbiotic relationship. Right. Because as I get before him and I begin to pour out my love and adoration to him, I'm overflowing with his love and adoration too. It's like this overflowing love bomb. (laughs) We use the term love bomb sometimes. It's like this overflowing, like my cup runneth over. Like I just can't contain it sometimes it's so wonderful the peace and the love and the identity that i feel that i'm telling you what i can leave out of that that place and continue to walk with him Uh, i can leave out of my prayer closet i can leave out of my time with him and then begin to walk out my day and when somebody says something to me that's offensive I don't take offense, but I know that they just don't know who they are. Right. And they don't know what they do, and they don't know what they say. And so I pray for them. I use what God's bringing me into and the authority that I have to help build up others. Amen. And if I see somebody getting their identity in a thing and in a job, if I'm a leader over that person, I will pull them out for a season just because of the fact that I think it's going to breed toxicity right, in the body of Christ, and it's going to breed it even worse in them and in their relationships. And I feel like when somebody comes to an emergency room and they're bleeding out, 
the biggest thing that we need to do is focus on stopping the bleeding, right? Right. So it's a triage time. It's a time of triage to assess what needs to happen right. to fix the wound. Mm-hmm. And then from there, helping in the healing. Right. I feel like sometimes if it's a matter of something's happened to where you've been so busy in your life that you've fallen away from that time and that familiar spirits return to you, then it's a time of just going through a wholeness and restoration. Right. And I would be doing a disservice to anyone that I left continuing to do what they're doing and causing toxicity and not only their life, but in, in the lives of people around them with that spirit. It's important that we get the help because we don't realize the damage we're doing to people around us. Right, right. I'm sitting here listening to you and thinking, and the Lord's just speaking to me like heavy about that transformed, renewing mind. The Lord is our provider, and he's the one that can change and transform your situation if you push into that, right? I mean, and so when we separate ourselves from God, it's so easy for that door to be open for that orphan spirit to come in or whatever demonic spirit. That, that we open ourselves up to. It can spiral. It's like a big snowball rolling down a hill. And so you want to get those things into control if you feel like that's something that you're dealing with. God can bring healing, too, through community. I know a lot right. of people say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't. Mm-hmm. This is true. It's about relationship with God. But God chooses to use community And everything that he modeled, Jesus is our model. He modeled community. And it wasn't just community in our home. As a matter of fact, he showed that who is his brother, who is his sister, who is his mother, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't those that was his biological. It was the ones that was his brothers and, and sisters in Christ. Right. Because when we come together in community, there's healing and wholeness that takes place. And we actually can begin to pour into the next generation and raise up the next generation as well together in community. And there's a more well-rounded spiritual growth that happens when we're in community, not just with ourselves, but even children, the next generation. We're all learning and growing. And so when we get to a place where somebody can't speak into our lives, that's a leader and authoritative person in our lives, then that's a sad place to be because our spiritual growth becomes stunted. And so we see that a lot with the orphan spirit that they will not grow spiritually because they refuse to receive correction. There was probably some kind of roots that that happened when they were younger, and they're not going to listen. I think one way to break loose of that one is to forgive. you got to be able to forgive and release the bitterness because there's something that happened. My mom was acting this way all my life. My dad acted this way. My dad left when I was this young. My dad was an alcoholic or whatever. And then all of a sudden we hold on to that, and that manifests a spirit that doesn't allow us to operate and function in a place where we're making disciples of all nations, because what right. we start to do is repel people and cause damage and right. we're destroying. And, and that's not fulfilling the great commission. So we got to forgive and release the bitterness. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. 
Yeah. And forgiving those who hurt us, it will set us free. It sets us free from the holds that they have on our lives. And usually that orphan spirit is manifest from somebody that got a hold on your life. Right. That you took your identity in. Right. Well, and it all goes back to those steps. First, embracing your divine adoption. Cultivating those healthy relationships. Being able to trust people. You have to start with forgiveness in order to be able to trust again and in order to get into a place where you can get yourself back into a healthy Christian community without causing harm and being able to cultivate healthy relationships. Because what good is a relationship if it's unhealthy? Right, right. If anything, it's it's more toxic and damaging. And that's why a lot of times people that are dealing with that orphan spirit are actually repelling people away because People don't want the toxicity of it. Right. And not that they don't love the person. It's just it's hard for them because they have their own struggles and burdens to have to try to validate everybody else's stuff. If I have to watch everything I say so that you feel validated, if I have to do something or say something for you to feel validated, do you realize the pressure and the weight of what you put on me to live or act a certain way in order for you to be okay? Right. In order for you to feel like you're valued or special or important, whatever the case is, that tells me that obviously you don't have your identity rooted in Christ, but it's impossible for me to live up to that. Yeah. Because I have to watch everything I say and do or it may be held against me in the court of the orphan spirit. And so what happens is that if I have to try to work hard to make sure I don't I got to overly be on point, be focused, make sure I hug, make sure I make eye contact, make sure I don't say anything inadvertently that may or may not be like, I might not even mean it. I might have just be saying something and somebody takes it a different way again because of that spirit of offense. They hear something that was never said. And all of a sudden there's these expectations of me to be perfect in our relationship. And I can't live up to that. Right. Listen, I am trying daily to surrender more and more to God. And yes. and in doing that, in my surrendering to God, he is taking me from glory to glory. Yes. I'm getting better every day in him because of him, because of his spirit, because of his divine love. Yes. I'm striving every day to be more and more made in his image, but I am far from perfect. And if you're going to wait on me to do or say or or give you your identity and your validation, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. And it's going to put so much pressure that I can't be around you. Right. I can't be around you because I can't satisfy your desire and your need for acceptance. Yeah. Because I can't carry that weight. And so what that does is it pushes me away. And so then that person wants to know, why aren't we friends? Why aren't we this and that? Because... What kind of friend is that? I don't need you to be a certain way for me to be your friend, but I most certainly cannot carry the weight of perfection on my shoulders to try to be who you need me to be, which is God. And I can't be God for you. Right. Only God can be God for you. Amen. And so there's where the unhealthiness and the brokenness in relationships happen. And and people carrying that spirit don't realize what they're doing. 
Right. They don't realize it and they make it very difficult. And I will say this too, that there's people that have varying degrees of, of how much that orphan spirit controls their life. Some people they've gotten rid of it, but they might be in a season where they're restless and they're not really keeping their identity rooted in Christ. And that thing manifests again and they kick it back out and it might just be random manifestations. Right. You could have other people that literally people think it's their personality and it's not. Right. It's spirit. Mm-hmm. That's just Susan. That's just Karen. That's just this person. Right. Whatever the case would be. And it's unfortunate because it's not, it's an orphan spirit. Yeah. And so we want you to be set free. We want you to be made new in Christ. We want you to be made whole in Christ. That's what you're operating as, is an orphan spirit. But that's not who you are. That's not who God created you to be. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus reminds us. He says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's right. All right? As believers, as followers of Christ, he gave us a spirit to tread on serpents and just dismantle the demonic. And when we embrace the demonic, we're not doing any justice to the kingdom. No. What we're doing is throwing the door open for more demons to enter. We got to recognize that through Jesus, we have victory. You have got to step up and say, no more. No more. And press into God so deliberately. Yes. That you begin to ask Holy Spirit to mold and shape you, bring you to a new level of spiritual growth to where you begin to discern and see those things. If you do not have a strong discernment, you will grow in discernment as you grow in spiritual maturity. The two go together. But you've got to surrender to the Lord. You've got to participate in what Holy Spirit's doing to transform you. Yes. And you have to be moldable. You have to be teachable. And you have to surrender. First uh, John three one says, "See what great love the Father has lavished on us, mm. that we should be called children of God, yes. and that is what we are." That's what we are. That's what we are. Isn't that amazing? Amen. What great love the Father has lavished on us that he calls us his children. Yes. And I'm going to tell you what, when you get that, Mm. not just in your mind, because we can all quote it, we can all say it, we can all go about our merry way. Yes, I'm a child of God, and I'm going to declare it. (laughs) Yeah. But if it's not in our heart. In your heart. It has to be so rooted in our heart mm, yes. that there is nothing that you have to do for me, honey, yes. to make me feel valued because he already does. God already makes me feel valued. He gave his life on Calvary. He gave his life. He shed his blood telling me through that how valued and how loved Amen. I am. And how I am his child. I'm his daughter. He loves me. He longs for relationship with me. He desires greater than I ever could for every moment and every second that I have to spend in his presence. Mm. He desires that. That's how great I'm loved. And I have that in my heart. Mm. So if you don't do something that maybe the world would say, eh, 
he he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that for her or he doesn't say this or he doesn't say that mm-hmm. for her. I love you. And it's unconditional Amen. because my love is in Christ. My identity is in Christ. Yes. And therefore, whatever anyone else has to say to me or about me will never shake my foundation Amen. because it's in God. I know you want to be set free. It can't feel good to live in a place where you're repelling everybody out of your life, but yet you so desire for acceptance. Guess what? You're already accepted. You're already loved. Now's the time to surrender to the Lord. Embrace his divine adoption. Receive Holy Spirit and get rooted in your identity in him. Spend time embracing him and encountering him. I love you. God loves you. And there's nothing Nothing you you can can do do about it. it. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and like us on all of our social media pages at Holy Spirit Living. We encourage you to look for the gold in others today. Be blessed. But better yet, be a blessing.